Welcome to the Healing Ninjas Podcast, a space dedicated to highlighting the healing stories of everyday people. This podcast is not a replacement for professional support. This podcast may contain content that may be graphic, violent, or traumatic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. The goal of sharing these stories is to help you, the listener, hear how people have struggled in various ways and the steps they have taken to become healing ninjas, individuals who are seeking to master the art of healing. Healing is not a linear process. We all have our ups and downs. This podcast aims to create a brave space for people to share and learn from one another. I'm your host, Hernan Carvente Martinez. Welcome to the Healing Ninjas community. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Healing Ninjas. Today, I am joined by a very special human being who I've gotten to know literally leading up to recording this episode really well. Uh, it's been a journey, probably unpack it a little bit as we're talking, but I want to welcome Liliana Doyon. I don't like butchered that name, y'all. I totally was joking around with her right now about that. <laughs> and I just want to like really take a moment to thank you for just even connecting with me on the level that you have leading up to this episode right now in the last couple of hours. Um, and I know people will hear this and won't know how many conversations we've had. I feel like we've had what would have been a lifetime of conversations in like a little bit of it, like a couple of hours. Um, but I want to just acknowledge that and, and, and thank you for, you know, allowing me to be in your space and coming into mine. And and thank you for that, and that was such a beautiful introduction. I mean, I think just as when you picked me up, actually, and I got in your car, I felt that vibration. And even just connecting with you in your podcast and just listening to you and the work that you've been doing on Instagram, like, that's really beautiful and courageous. So when you asked me to be on this podcast, I was like, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, and I asked you, to be fair, everyone, like, I asked Liliana because... I really wanted to, one, give a therapist also a space. I, have, I don't have that many therapists, y'all. Like, I've recorded so many different people, but I realized, like, therapists are people too, right? Like, we go to them for a lot of different things, mm -hmm. but they're people. They go through things. And I know I had Autumn and a couple of other folk who have been on this podcast who legitimately came and just were their full, authentic selves. Mm -hmm. And, like, I got to see versions of people that we lean on for support. Mm -hmm for once on this podcast in a very different way. So I'd love for you to just kind of like share with people, like who's Liliana, right? Like the different shades of Liliana, <laughs> of Lily. <laughs> ah, I, that's such a big question, right? Because I, I do want to honor that. Yes, being a therapist, definitely I have to carpamentalize. At, at some points I have to dissociate. I mean, when the pandemic hit, like I was also in it. So I had to hold space for my couples and predominantly a couples, you know, uh, therapists. I work with some individuals around relationships. But really, I mean, I had to make sure I was regulated. I was taking care of myself. I had my family and support. It's like, and this is like times 100. So I'd like to describe myself as Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. But I grew up in yeah. California and I was watching his documentary and he talked about how being an athlete, it's his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Being a therapist has become my lifestyle. Like who you saw today is who I am, right? And and I integrate a lot of my healing, a lot of 
I guess, uh, these, these moments of transition and interpretation and meaning to be me. Mm. And so if I, it's almost like my off days, I have to honor my off days. Mm. And so when I go into space with the couples that are courageous, with the individuals that are courageous, I really have to be heart centered. I really have to be connected to me because my clients will notice if I'm off a little bit. And guess what? I have to own that. We, we notice. We notice when our therapists are off. Yeah, you have to own that. And so it's like really I think I've become, you know, so intentional in my practice like you get to see a different part of or you get to see all of me really on a Sunday because I've recharged. I went on a beautiful hike yesterday. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of intentions. I've been giving myself a lot of love and connecting with my best friend. And and so really like all of these people. And I also had a beautiful, um, beautiful connection with some girlfriends on Thursday. So these people that are in my life, like help me be who I am right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big believer of community of relationships because that's how i got to be me right here in this space with you i appreciate that especially the community piece right you offered to me on a sunday what like i think i needed this whole week like this was a very stressful week for me period and today i've done more laughing than i have this whole week period um (laughs) And and I say that very intentionally, right? Because I got to know you as a human being, but like that's what I I think sometimes we miss when we don't really know a person really well. Mm-hmm. And I realized that when I reached out to you, I reached out to you one because like y'all should follow her. I definitely will share that Instagram handle. Um, but like I I really wanted to know more of you as a person because the content that you shared was also around relationships. Mm-hmm. It was around these things that, mm-hmm. truthfully, y'all, I struggle with right now. <laughs> I was like, you know. I, I wonder what it would be like to unpack that a little bit with Liliana, right? But more importantly, how Liliana approaches it from her personal life, right? Like, how did she get into that particular aspect Mm -hmm. of therapy, you know, couples therapy and all of these Mm -hmm. other things? Because that's that's an area that I feel like we don't talk about a lot. But Mm -hmm. also, I feel like sometimes it's personal for why we do it. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to, like kind of lean in on that and and ask you, like, what, what brought you to your practice, the way that you practicing your own fashion but also on a personal level why you became a therapist yeah and in that way decided to help people well in my mind I just went through like 20 lifetimes (laughs) as you describe that because I can start you know from my own childhood experience like emotional neglect physical abuse I saw violence. I saw rage. My parents will shoot together. I'm first generation Mexican-American. So I have, you know, the immigrant mentality, the we came to America for a better education. And so, you know, all of that really initially, I'll give you a hook. When I was when I was young and I would get into trouble and my dad would come in and we'd have this sit down of like, why did you do X? Why did you do this? You know, why did you behave this way? I couldn't say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And even like right now, like just even imagining myself as a little girl, like anytime I said, I don't know, it was, it was horrible for me. So in school, like I, you know, I was in ESL. I didn't know. I 
could speak English, but Spanish was my predominant language mm. in my household. I also couldn't see. So I didn't actually get glasses till I was in third grade. So talk about like experience of the world in such a small way that the I don't know became such a huge motivator to know. Mm. And I had to like, you know, I was like reading books and like meeting people and connecting to teachers and just so I could know. So that was like, that was, I think, the beginning of my journey of just knowing, 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 knowing I got to know. Otherwise, the consequences are pretty bad. Mm -hmm. So that was my motivation. But then I got to this point at age 16 where I took on way too much. I saw my par my parents struggle financially. I got a job. My youngest brother was born. I became a parent to him. My niece was born. I became a second mother to her. So it's like I took on so much mm. that I had my first panic attack. Panic attack. The panic attack. I reacted that way because anytime I hear panic attack, I have like a gut reaction to that, oh, right? Because right. I've, I've gone through so many of them throughout the course of this process that I've been on healing. And that moment where you're, you kind of lose control of your body, you know, I, I is anxiety provoking to yeah. me. When you went through that, how did you come back from it? Right? Mm. Like the first time at least. And then if it happened again, how did you come oh, back? Yeah, it happened multiple times. I mean, the first time I was, so I worked at this fabric store. I was the only teenage girl to ever work at this fabric store so joanne's fabrics and crafts thank you for believing in me and hiring a little girl a little brown girl by the way <laughs> shout out <laughs> and i remember i was cutting fabric and really i mean just the you know when you're you're in certain occupations or positions like people just feel like they can just treat you like shit and so here was another long day of like, ooh, you cut my fabric wrong. And my panic attacks weren't like, um, they weren't uh, emotional, right? What, I, what would happen to me is like, actually, I would just shut down. Mm -hmm. So I literally started feeling the room get smaller and smaller and smaller. And I was like, whoa. And I remember just feeling like this shift. And I looked at this lady and I was just stone cold. And I went and I sat down. I just couldn't function anymore. And I literally, I just shut down. Like my nervous system was gone. Mm. And they called like, you know, they, I didn't know what was going on. That was like another thing. Like what is happening yeah. to me? They called like the ambulance. They were like, when was the last time you ate? Like everyone was super concerned. My parents were super concerned. Nothing came of it. I don't even remember, to be honest. Then it started happening more frequently um, where I could be just doing anything and I would be told something gone just completely shut down it was like I would pass out almost mm. I was just so overly regulated all the time that my body is now shutting down like I literally had a dorsal vagal response which is complete shutdown um, so it wasn't until I think I had another big episode that I went to my my mom took me to my doctor and he was able to diagnose me and he put me on anti-anxiety medication but he told me, he goes, Lily, if I give you this medication, you have to go to therapy. You have to go to therapy. I was like, what the fuck is therapy? <laughs> like, what? My introduction to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> 
And my school happened to have this like wellness center that was like a detached from the campus. So I would get like the pink slip and I would go see this therapist. And again, you know, no one had, I, and I, I, even then, like, I didn't even know really what she was there for. I just knew that I could share, mm. but there was also like the sharing that if you share certain things, which I didn't know back then, you have to come, they have to talk to your parents because you're still a minor. Yeah. So I don't really remember that, but it was a whole, um, you know, it was like my, my contemplating suicide that I think brought my parents in. <laughs> So that was the beginning of me learning what what I was actually going through and the amount of stress. It was awareness for my parents of how much I was carrying. And that was my um, my experience of trying to work through it. So she really just gave me breathing mechanisms like she that's what I can recall that stuck with me. She gave me books, but it, it wasn't really like I didn't connect to it. She was pretty much just like do less breathe. And good luck, you know, <laughs> um, but it was just another space. It was just another space for me to just vent. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I could do this. This is good. And then I'm still going to do a lot of work. <laughs> when you just described that, right? Like having a place to vent. I feel like we, throughout the course of our lives, whether it's counselors, whether, you know, I, I think the immediate thing that we get offered is a place to just talk, a place to just share. And then as we get older, somehow we become isolated again to this idea that like sharing is like detrimental mm-hmm. to yeah. our safety, to the way people perceive us. Like we're mm-hmm. taught young that mm-hmm. sharing with your counselor is probably the thing you should do. And then as you get older, at least this is how I felt as I got older, I felt like sharing meant being vulnerable and being vulnerable meant as a, as a man, right? Like I'm describing this as a man, being weak. And so, like, there was this portrayal of what that connection was. When you started, I guess, realizing these things and were connected to them, and as you got older, did you maintain that connection to being outspoken that same way or, like, venting, or how did you transition so, that? So this is a, it's such an important question because where, where I go with this is I could talk. I could talk right now. But the difference is what you just shared is vulnerability. And vulnerability is actually when you're able to connect emotionally to what's going on with your body. And and if not, I didn't figure that out until 10 years ago, how to actually emotionally connect and make sense of what was going on with my body. Mm. Somatically. I mean, we, you know, I'm also older, so like I've gone through journeys of this and I wish there were the research that I know now, the model that I use, emotionally focused therapy which also has somatic components to it of like tuning into your body and making connections. Like the reason I was so drawn to that is because for the first time in my life, somebody can give me meaning to what I was experiencing. Mm. Giving meaning to what you were experiencing. I think what I learned in therapy very early on was just even putting words to what I was experiencing. Right? Like not meaning per se, but like, Words that I could use to actively describe it, period. Like, there were moments where I, you know, and and we talked about this, right, where, like, I, my therapist, Natalie, shout out to Natalie, always Natalie, um, is someone you know, right? And, like, I can remember how many conversations I've had with her where, you know, what does sadness want to say? What does anger want to say? What does happiness want to say? The moment she started naming the emotions and saying, what do they want to say? Like, I started really realizing like i've never really operated from a place of 
giving name to my whatever is going on in my body or my mind. I like just operated from a simple place of express whatever is physically just going to show up, right? Like, And more often than not, it was just anger. I realized very quickly that anger was like the emotion for everything. If I felt sad, get angry. If I got anxious, get angry. If I even happiness, somehow it, it was expressed through some level of like aggressive happiness. So, you know, as you as you have kind of like learned to, because I feel like you're sharing now, and like the beauty of this, y'all who are listening, is that I got to meet today Liliana as Liliana, right? Not the therapist. Like I've gotten to know a little bit of how the therapist comes out at different parts, right? But like at the core of it, you're still a human being. Period. Mm-hmm. You have your own shades. You know, I like jokingly keep saying the shades, right? But like that's all of us, <laughs> right? Like the shades. I and. For people who are like listening, right? When you think about these moments where now you have developed all of this awareness and, and knowledge base to speak from it, or like even the research behind it, right? When you didn't have some of those things as you were coming into even the therapy space and becoming a therapist yourself, what were some of the hard moments that you had to like grapple with coming into this kind of practice in terms of supporting others? Just as a person doing that work for others. There's so many ways I can answer this, right, of my own kind of journey. So I'll, so the way you describe, like, you connecting to anger, I couldn't even connect to anger. Like, hmm. the only thing I could really work through was being positive. And another thing that I would do to be able to just function was helping others. So I was completely disconnected from me for a very long time where I was just managing my parts through other people. So if I can rescue that person, if I can help that person, if I can help a combat veteran through his PTSD, which is my ex-husband, I don't have to ever focus on me. Mm. But when you say focusing in on you when you started focusing in on you Mm. what was that like Mm. i didn't want to Mm. do you want to now (laughs) now i'm connected to me now i I could tell you all about me but it was you know and that that comes from my childhood Mm. right i think you interviewed one a gentleman that talked about his nickname being silencio Mm -hmm. that was me just don't be you be invisible and you can manage everything yeah but you see, when you, and I think this is what I'm trying to also, like, really unpack, because I've gotten to see this part of you through just Sunday, right? Like, you've become someone who has just, like, this energy about you, y'all. Like, I, like I've been around Liliana right now, and, like, her energy has just, like, made me feel comfortable even to just overshare at a level that I normally don't do a, a very early, very quick. I overshare oftentimes, y'all. Y'all know this. But <laughs> I think just naturally you have this energy now that, as I've heard you speak, I'm like, that you have come into mm-hmm. right like it yeah. took you coming into oh my goodness and for people who are like listening it's like how do i come into that energy is probably their question right like they're they're probably like this yeah. sounds great and all but like how do you even do that how do you even start yeah and i think i shared with you one of the one of the people that saw me at the age of 16 really i mean age 16 was brutal just like age eight was crazy age 16 i had just gotten out of a really bad toxic relationship 
I had crashed my first car with an 18-wheeler, completely totaled. Um, I had taken like an AP class. Like it was just, I was having panic attacks constantly. Like I just literally, I was falling apart. And I have one person that got to see that, that part of me, that light that, like you said, I didn't even know existed. I had completely lost it. I was burnt out. It was gone. And that person is my best friend, Nubia. Mm, shout out to Nubia. Shout out to Nubia. <laughs> <laughs> and I get tears in my eyes because every time I talk to her and I just envision this light over her, is she saw me and she was so loving, so compassionate, never once questioned why I was doing X or why I was still doing the, and she's still like that today. Like she's totally non-judgmental, non-biased. I can say whatever to her and she'll be like, what do you think about that? <laughs> um, but she saw me and I, you know, my whole trajectory was to go into college, was follow this path. And I didn't want to do any of that. Actually, I didn't even want to live, to be honest with you, at age 16. I was done. I was like, this is it. I'm not going to make it till 18. So like college can just fuck off. Mm. Um, and she would write <laughs> these posters and I, she would put them on the ceiling of my bed. And I think I told you, like I used to, my mom would finally scream the last yell, so she, you know she would take us to school, and I would be like rushing like ten minutes out the door. But it allowed me to pause, and so I would look up at the ceiling, and she wrote these beautiful just affirmations or motivations, and I'd be like, "She's right, I'm gonna get up." And she was literally, I would think of her, and we had we ended up having this beautiful connection where people were like, "They're sisters, they're inseparable." If they saw me and didn't see Nubia, they were like, where's Nubia? And vice versa. Like, and her family's also beautiful, like beautiful shining lights. Like, I love being with her family. <laughs> they accepted me. And it was her. Mm. It was her that kept me, to like made me see like there's something else out there. Mm. I want to get curious about that. I want to keep channeling to that energy. Mm. See, I, I, when we started sharing, you know, right before recording, I told you about Lacane, right? Like my person. And when you just described movie, I was just like, man, I really want to know movie now. Because uh, <laughs> I feel like we, we interact with so many people throughout the course of our lives that it, we, we, we fail to understand sometimes that there are specific people that come into our lives at points when we need them the most. And some come and it's very transitional. Right? Like it's a moment in time you needed that yeah. experience, that that conversation. You know, sometimes, you know, I've had like life altering decision making moments in the middle of a deli in Queens where I'm like just chilling there or waiting for someone else to pay. And this lady standing next to me and it's like having a full blown conversation with me that like made me rethink something that I was going through that day. And I'm just like, but this is life. Like we know you we go through that. But then there are the Lacanes, the Nubias, the people in our lives who are just like life-altering and in many ways permanently leave a mark or, or an energy in our lives that we carry. And I, you know, and I want to like maybe dive deep into a post you made recently and, you know, that transition, like what it means to transition into another phase of Liliana, another shade of Liliana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I feel like when I followed your content, there was just this energy that you had around your practice. And then all of a sudden, I saw that post and you messaged me about it, right? Like you actively mm -hmm. shared that 
that first trailer episode and you listening actively brought up some courage to even like step into that of sharing a divorce. And I really just want to thank you for even telling me that or messaging me and sharing that like I was able to influence a little bit of that, right? Because that's part of the reason why this whole podcast came to existence, right? Like I wanted to create a space for people to share, but I never just thought my own story was going to be the only one impacted, mm-hmm. right? Like it was going to be everyone's collective story into a fabric mm-hmm. that would just cloud, you know, like mm-hmm. the things that people were going through. And so I want to really just kind of like open up the space for that in terms of why that post came into existence. And for like context, y'all, if you at the at the end of this, right, I, I will share the, the active link to Liliana's um, Instagram page, but you can see that post there. And get the context for what we're talking about but why did you share that why 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 now well i think it's you know i eventually was going to come out in terms of just me sharing that but it's also a place where i needed to feel centered and go through my healing um before sharing it so my my um, i shared my divorce um i was married over seven years eight-year relationship and, you know, my ex-husband is came into my life at the most perfect, perfect moment. And he's still really special. But when you go through life, being invisible, I really had to connect with me first before sharing. I really have to connect to my power, to my worth, to see more than I, like you mentioned, that I'm just this therapist or I help people. Like, I really have to, sh- I have to show the world, like, this journey. Like, it was tough when you, you know, I, I describe being a cocoon and all the layers that have to be stripped in order to be a butterfly and, like, literally, like, there was some dark moments when you have to, you know, work on being a butterfly, but they're the most beautiful. So these tears are just to acknowledge like my journey and how beautiful it is to be here right now. I just want to thank you for even allowing me to witness your tears. You know, I, I, I do have nothing but I guess luck at this point for being able to witness people step into their power or, or step into these moments where they get to see themselves share the parts of them that make them who they are. And that was like the whole intention of this podcast, but more importantly, even me creating that space for others. You know, I shared a lot in the trailer episode and I still share a lot. I feel like every day I'm still going through something. I'm like, damn, bro, can I get a break? <laughs> And it's being human. It's being, human. <laughs> being human. Oh my God. Being human is such a, a journey. Um, but when you shared that on the post and, you know, just even witnessing you now, your humanity, right? Like I always say that in, in a lot of the episodes around acknowledging each other's humanity. We don't do that a lot. And I feel like COVID, everything that has happened to date, I think has really made me value these moments, right? Where I get to see people for who they are 
but I also get to see you acknowledge it and accept it. And, and again, y'all, this is Liliana, a therapist who like actively does work with other people, other couples as well. And like, is every therapist like that? Hell no. Like not everybody goes in with like personal experience on like the things that they like actively go into. Right. But when you do, you carry a different energy for how you support others through it. And as you've like come into this place of accepting it now, how does it feel now? Oh, it's incredible. And now I have, like you you mentioned, my techniques or my routines or my rituals. I have so much in my toolbox to be able to help me and ground myself and connect to my core, connect to my heart, right? So courage for me, and I've had this like saying, like always choose courage over comfort, and that's part of Brene Brown stuff. But when I connect to courage, like even just now, like I connect to my heart, I connect to... Mm -hmm. I think it's my sacral chakra, um, you know, for me, but it's like really like I, that part is just so strong and I just keep building on it. So when I have beautiful days, I write about them mm. and I have this affirmation journal and like I mentioned, my resources that I have, but really for me, it was doing the inner work of knowing how to channel that energy. Mm. But when you challenge your, when you channel, mm. you channel. Although sometimes I think yeah. you do, maybe that's why it came out that way, right? Because I feel like for me, channeling my energy is oftentimes challenging the energy that is currently present in my body. That's how I end up channeling the energy that I have. So I'm always in a constant, you know, struggle with whatever I'm feeling. Mm. And and this is, and I don't know if you have felt this, right? But like these polar opposites of like what I was raised to keep, like the kind of energy that I was raised in, mm -hmm. the kind of frequency that I was mm -hmm. raised on. And then the kind of energy that I'm trying to settle into now. Yeah. You know? Like even when we yeah. started this, you gave me some active stones that actively held energy in them. Because I felt that when I when you mm. passed it into my hand, y'all. Mm. She gave me a, a literal stone that I had like no, you know, context for. And maybe she can share a little bit about them. But she gave me one and like I felt pulled to the ground somehow. Like I felt like I got grounded really quickly leaning into this conversation. I'm like, yo, this is freaky a little bit you know like i haven't felt this what's this but truthfully y'all i don't know Liliana got some energy today y'all it's been a journey the car ride the the gps not working internet completely disappearing at some point when i tell y'all she stepped into her power she stepped into it yeah i've been doing like crystal healing so i gave you a quartz and a rose quartz and i told her that i was this, these are my channeling love crystals but, you know, this is, you know, I want to honor my ancestors in this because, you know, again, with that core and that power, like I mentioned, my toolbox, it's it's my ancestors, mm. right? And I go into my, you know, my family has so much history and so many stories. And, you know, when I hear that and then I see my space and where I'm at and I'm just like, oh, like it's a gift. It's a privilege for me to be here. And so I really channel my ancestors in any space that I come into now so I can have that voice, mm -hmm. so I can tune into that power, so now I can speak up. And that's where, you know, we talked about anger. You were able to channel that. Like, that's been my transformation is being able to call people out, being able to be like, ooh, that doesn't sit right with me. Let me tell you why, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that's been a journey, right? Like, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, connecting to that, but... Yeah, like it's 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 the components of we cannot forget where we came from because where we came from is what can give us power now. 
Urban Kingpin can do this probably now. I feel like there's a lot of people who hear these episodes and connect to parts of who they have been throughout the course of their lives. Mm. Like each episode tucks at different chords that represent their past. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like more and more people who listen to these episodes are getting that sense. And I know that if you're listening right now, something that Liliana might have shared or even the moment where she allowed her emotions to be present on this episode are going to resonate with you for a second, right? And I just want to acknowledge that and put that energy out there, right? That like we need to be able to, like you said, sit and accept and also be with the things that we have lived through in order for us to step into the next phase of what we're going into. And I, I just want to like, appreciate you for that you know just you as a as a as a person as a human being you know not just a therapist but you as a human being period right because i get to see you today and i get to heal a part of me too you know in that and i feel like that's i don't want to cry saying that um because oh, so um, it's hard to do this and and feel like you know, I look at therapists sometimes, even my own that, you know, give you all the props in the world. But like, man, you are brave times two, right? Because you have to be brave enough to hold space for your stuff and then hold space for your client at the same time. And that is like, that is the true definition of like mastering healing energy and just being able to be with it. As people are listening to this episode and as we're kind of like bringing them back a little bit to some concrete things that they can do after they hear this what are some of the maybe words of wisdom some of the tips that you have for people who are listening to this and maybe connect on some level yeah so what i hear with that and just as you were sharing with that one of the things that was crucial for my healing i must have been seven years old when i got my first journal Mm. journaling in a way has saved me like saved my life in so many ways because when you, like when I journal, like I write like today I did, da, 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 you know, it started off that way. But I would really journal in these tough, these moments that were tough as well. And then I would go back and I would reread my journal entries and I would notice patterns. I would notice dynamics. Mm. I would make connections of like, I keep saying the same thing. What the fuck am I still doing? And that allowed me, that was a beautiful way of just like for me to connect and ground. And, you know, you can do this with a therapist. Like sometimes I tell my clients, like, I'm kind of like your journal right now. I'm going to bring you back. We're here again. Let's talk about that. Right. But that for me, journaling was such a beautiful way of kind of calling myself out on certain mm-hmm. things. And also, you know, obviously the, the shift and the changing. And I know for a lot of people, that little switch of like the action part of it. Like, what do I have to do to get out of that? Like that, that's really like the, the work in itself. It's like, don't rush to problem solving or fixing it. Just be, Mm. just be, you know, and, and be in what are, you know, like you mentioned your, your therapist helping you name emotions. Right. And so I spent, so much time naming them but then the meaning around why am i feeling the way i'm feeling was i think was life-changing for me as well Mm. when you say you know the naming part was something that i struggled with period Mm -hmm. but when you say 
you know, kind of acknowledging them and existing with them. I know that people who will hear this episode, you know, are going to actively connect to the human side of what you showed earlier, right? The emotions. And I feel like divorce in and of itself is a topic that we can go into. Some point. Could spend five hours yeah, on it. Because <laughs> um, there's, there's just so much that, that you can impact around the emotion, the grief, the loss. There's there's the love in, in the middle of it. There's so much there. And I just want to, like, remind people who listen to this episode that, you know, whether it's Liliana or whether it's anyone else that you have heard on this podcast, I hope everyone is is getting the same sense that we're all part of this larger community of people that are doing this work collectively, individually, the individual work that we're doing, like the work that I've done, the work that Liliana has done, like it, it hasn't always been super simple, right? And it hasn't always been cookie cutter and it always hasn't been like you know i got the journal and i mastered it right like, i remember john one of the previous episodes he talked about buying a five-year journal and like you know being able to like look back last year and that's prompt being the same prompt the following year and it's like what did i answer last year and looking back and doing what you just described and he has found solace in being able to do that and reflect every time in the following year when people are looking for resources now journaling is one are there other books, authors, you've mentioned a couple already, you know, Brene Brown being one of them as well. Are there others who people can lean on or or maybe just look to for more? So another one of my books that I read was um, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. That was powerful too. Hmm. Right? Because like, I think you mentioned earlier too, it's like we focus on what others are thinking, what others, you know, what others are, how they're perceiving us. And so this is like I, I mentioned to you is like the avoidance of self because I didn't know how to be with myself. I was just learn I learned to just manage and protect, manage and protect, manage and protect that I didn't know how to actually look at me. Like, what do I want? So it wasn't just connecting back to my body, right? And my dissociation, the trauma that I went through, it was really trying to integrate these other parts of me that other people saw, right? So like people would be like, oh, you're such, you know, you have this beautiful energy, you have all this. And I'd be like, I do? (laughs) You call me beautiful? I'm beautiful? Like, and so that, you know, that in terms of integrating self, right? I'm using these terms because now I'm starting to use more terms back then. I And, and even with my clients, I don't even use the word trauma. Like I don't like mm. to get diagnostic. I don't like to use labels. So Don Miguel Ruiz, right? Those four agreements, the mastery of love, radical acceptance by Tara Brock. Mm. That was a good book. That was talking about more somatically of how we carry pain, how we manage our stress, so a lot of it goes back to like, like I mentioned, there's those managing parts of, uh, you know, that we have to survive, mm-hmm. right? Like being on survival mode. So for me, it was literally every time, so the cost of it, right? The panic attacks, the dissociation, the trying something like yoga and not able to do yoga because I had such a severe trauma response to it. It's, I'm noticing the cost. And I don't know where I get this clarity of like, I need to seek help somewhere. But I've throughout my my whole journey is there's a part of me that's like, I don't understand something, I'm going to go figure it out, or Mm. I'm going to seek help. Right. And I don't know if that was when I was 16, that I I had that experience of just like kind of leaning on others or professionals and having some sense of curiosity. 
I don't know. I wish I could give you a recipe, <laughs> right? But it's all like the cost of it. The, it. It's a horrible experience sometimes. The therapist and not even good therapists at times, you know, but I, and that's like another thing about me is that I just try different therapists to see what connects. Window shop. <laughs> Window shop, yeah. <laughs> Literally, people have asked in the past, you know, yeah. how do you go about finding a therapist? Think of it as window shopping, you know, you kind of have to go and see and check out different modalities, check out how people yeah. engage with you and kind yeah. of really sort of like test run it like a car. Totally, yes. <laughs> you know, pull it out the shop and like give it a test run and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah I like that. <laughs> you know, and I say that because Eliana, you know, low-key Carl over here. Um, <laughs> but like these are these are the parts that I think people need to hear, you know, and I and I feel like. I just want to thank you for being open about you and being able to just show that even as a therapist, even as a helper, you are also someone who has had to go through your own changes, your own moments of acceptance and, and radical acceptance, you know, and you know, just realizing that you can be in the space and, and acknowledge your own tears and also just acknowledge your own power and just your beauty and brilliance at the same time. You know, and and so I just want to thank you for for being able to do that with me, mm-hmm. but more importantly, with the community that's hearing this, because mm-hmm. I think partly what I'm really taking away from even this conversation is just the need to build these connections in the community. You know, like you led off with that, right? Like the power of community is yeah. so important, and you have created so much of that just in this one moment, and even today with me. Aww. So I just want to thank you for that, and. On that note, are there any last words or things that you want to tell people? And I want to say last words, or more like part, like words of encouragement mm. as people are maybe going about their day when they listen to this, or just things that they should hear mm. from you, Eliana, the person. There's one thing that really resonates with me that I'll, I'll use. It's it's okay. You're gonna be okay, and when you're not okay it's okay. And the only time it's not going to matter when you're dead. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> it's a total fact. Thank you, Lilina. I appreciate it. It's just beautiful. And you, you created such a beautiful space of safety and security that it's allowed me to, to be, you know, vulnerable like I was. And you know, if there was an audience, I don't know, you would have gotten this part of me, but um, it's really, it's your energy and your presence and what you're doing. Like, you're a rock star. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, now, now I don't know how to re- react to that. I don't, I don't feel that all the time, you know? And so I want even the people who are listening to this to, to like see that part of me too. You know, I might be doing this work and, and can bring dope people like Liliana into the space, but I still struggle with that, that acceptance, that stepping into my power, stepping into a lot of the stuff that I just saw Liana do, Liana do in the last 40 something minutes. You know, I, I'm still doing it. So, you know, we're all still doing this. And so I, I appreciate those parting words too of, you know, it's okay. Even when you're not okay, it's still okay. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you know, like it's, it's okay. Yeah. Gracias, yeah. Liana. Gracias a ti. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast.
and follow us at Healing Ninjas on all social media platforms. If you're interested in sharing your own story, we'd love to hear from you. Go to www.healingninjas.org and sign up to be featured. We look forward to sharing your journey next.